Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Rangers. Uh, but before we went to break, and before I was rudely interrupted by the fruit fly here in studio, I told you it was your favorite time of the show. Steamy takes only. And you know I'm only coming with the hottest. You can get at me on Twitter with the hashtag steamy takes only. Or if you're too lazy to type that out, you can get, hit me up with the hashtag STO. That's at N E L L underscore BTP on Twitter. And the question I have for you guys today, what division is going to be the best in 2022? And this wouldn't be steamy takes only without me coming completely off the top rope uh, with my answer here. And before you all start trying to attack attack me and call me a homer and you know Sam spewing propaganda, just hear me out, okay? In 2022... There's not going to be any more NFC least. In 2022, we will see this division that your Washington Commanders play in turn into the NFC beast. I'm talking about the NFC East as being the best division in football heading into the 2022 season. Hear me out. There's not been a repeat division winner in the NFC East since the early 2000s when the Philadelphia Eagles went back to back. But I don't think that happens again this year as well. Last year, the Dallas Cowboys, winners of the NFC East, and the Philadelphia Eagles snuck into the wild card to only get pounced at home by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on the road, excuse me, against Tampa Bay. They get stomped on. But look, it's been a pretty damn productive offseason for every single member of the NFC East. We'll start from the bottom up, talking about the New York football giants. Look, things didn't work out for them last season for a multitude of reasons. They decided to go with sweeping changes across their front office as well as his coaching staff, bringing in Joe Schoen, and now Brian Dayball set to be the commander-in-chief for the New York football giants. And Dayball 
comes from Buffalo, where he got to work with the physical specimen that is Josh Allen. And the reason why I'm optimistic about the New York Giants is this is the first time that they've brought in a legitimate adult to coach Daniel Jones at the quarterback position and to be his head coach and play caller, offensive coordinator, whatever you want to call it. This isn't Jason Garrett working with Daniel Jones. No, no, no. Brian Dables had a project at the quarterback position before in Josh Allen. He deserves a lot of damn credit for what we see number 17 doing in Buffalo because when they drafted him out of the University of Wyoming, compared to what he is now, it has a lot to do with Josh Allen just being a physical specimen at the position. But in the National Football League, at the quarterback position, coaching matters. It does. And Daniel Jones has flashed potential, especially against the Washington Commanders. We have seen the potential of what type of quarterback he can be. Brian Dayball is now going to be tasked with the job of getting him to do it on a consistent basis. And this young man is no slouch, stands at six foot five, 220 pounds, can run. He's got a big-time arm. It's about getting him to hone in on his decision-making and just getting him to be an overall smarter quarterback because there's no doubt about it when it comes to Daniel Jones. The physical tools are there. You, you can call and debate me on that all you want. The physical tools are there. I've seen it firsthand here against the football team that me and you root for. He torches the Washington Commanders every time we play him. Big run here, big run there. You think he was the white Michael Vick? I mean, it's, it's amazing some of the things that Daniel Jones has been able to do with his legs against the Washington Commanders. And the biggest reason I'm optimistic for the Giants in 2022 is because that bad man, Saquon Barkley, is going to be back in the backfield full-time, another year removed from his gruesome ACL surgery. And we saw flashes of it a season ago from Saquon Barkley. This guy is special. There was a reason he was a top-five pick at the running back position. There's a reason that this young man wears a C on his chest. The kid's a winner. The kid knows how to play ball. He's explosive. and He's a difference maker. Everything you want in your running back in the modern NFL, he can do. Guy that thrives in pass pro. Got solid hands. And when you put the football in his hands, electric things tend to happen. They've done a nice job in New York as well, building out that receiving core. They draft Wondell Robinson this past year. They already got Kadarius Toney, who showed last year signs of being one of the elite wide receivers in this game. We saw him show flashes. Kenny Galladay, the free agent signing from the Detroit Lions, didn't get off to a good start in his first season with Big Blue. But I think Brian Dable and company are going to be able to unlock some things offensively for the Giants that allow them to be more competitive in 2022. And on the defensive side, they've already got the pieces, in my opinion, to be one of the better defenses in football. Defense was never really the big problem for the Giants. It was about what they were doing on the other side of the football. And then you have Kayvon Thibodeau fall into your lap this past April in the draft if you're the New York Giants. And look, this time last year, 
when we were talking about prospects for this past 2022 NFL draft, Kayvon Thibodeau was right at the top of the list for guys that you wanted to be able to get your hands on. The Giants have got it now. You pair him in a pass rush with Leonard Williams and the kid Ojolari. Look, they got a pretty formidable pass rush down there in Big Blue. I think this year, because of Brian Dable in that offense taking a step forward, that is going to be the reason why the NFC East, in my opinion, will have three representatives in the playoffs. Spoiler alert, though. Spoiler alert. The New York Giants will not be one of those three teams. So I hyped them up for nothing, but not for nothing. To prove my point, this there's a legitimate argument to be made. Like, who is going to be the bottom feeder of this, in my opinion, very talented division? Obviously, it's well documented the improvements that the Washington Commanders made this offseason. Finally acquiring a quarterback with the talent level of Carson Wentz. Surrounding him with a group of weapons, such as Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. You draft the tight end Cole Turner out of Nevada. They've got some big-time weapons on this offense for Washington. For me, though, for for the commanders heading into 2022, it's going to be about this defense. Can this defense get back to their 2020 form? Can this defense rise to the occasion and live up to the high expectations that everybody in the media, locally and nationally, has for this bunch? Well-documented, four first-round picks along this defensive line. Another first-round pick spent at the linebacker position a year ago. They've got some guys with playmaking ability in the secondary. It's about, can Jack Del Rio tie it all together here? And since he's deactivated his Twitter account, he's going to be spending more time on football. I think there's a good chance that that could happen. I really do. And then we go up on 95. Over to the link, the Dirty Birds. The Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion, were the team that improved the most this offseason when it comes to all the teams in the NFC East. And I love, I love, I love, I love, I love what Howie Roseman is doing in Philadelphia. He's setting it up for it to be a prove-it year for his guy at the quarterback position, talking about Jalen Hurts. They've surrounded him with a very good supporting cast of weapons. They make the trade for A.J. Brown. Add him to a receiving core that already features Devontae Smith And Dallas Goddard, one of the best tight ends in football. Devontae Smith burst onto the scene a season ago and was special. You saw the flashes of why this young man was highly coveted coming out of college. It's all on Jalen Hurts for me. You know the offensive line is going to do their part. It's been one of the best units in football for the last five, ten years. They have done a nice job consistently finding talent along the offensive line. You know what Booby Miles is going to do. You know Miles Sanders is eager and chomping at the bit to bounce back from the season he had a year ago where he dealt with injuries. If he's healthy coming into 2022 and the running threat that Jalen Hurts is able to provide, Philadelphia has the potential to be a juggernaut offensively. And don't get me started on the defensive side for that group. You want to talk about not being complacent and just continuing to add talent. I love it. They go out and add James Bradbury in the offseason. That now gives them one of the most formidable duos at the cornerback position 
in the NFL. And I got a little nugget here for you from my statistician from the show. Passes defense since 2016. Darius Slay, 84. James Bradbury, 82. It's the most in the NFL. Those two guys have the most two passes defensed in the National Football League since 2016. It's time to roll. I think this is a group that's got a whole lot of potential. And I didn't even get to the front seven. You draft a big freak in Jordan Davis, pairing him with Fletcher Cox in the middle of that defense. You're able to get N'Kobe Dean as a steal in this past April's draft. A lot of reasons to be optimistic about the Philadelphia Eagles. And then we get to last year's winner of the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. And they're always going to be in the discussion for one reason and one reason only. That young man that lines up under center for them, that wears the number four, is one of the best to do it in this league. I think he continues to take steps forward. Look, they may have had a, a situation where it's addition by subtraction for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they had to move off from Amari Cooper, but I think that sets up for this young man, C.D. Lamb, to show why he was one of the more highly coveted receivers coming out a season ago. And defensively, they've got the best pass-rushing duo in the National Football League, talking about Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. So it's going to be about, can Mike McCarthy put it all together? Can Dallas finally get over the hump? And look, whether it happens or not, I still think this is a team that's going to be one of the more competitive ones in the entire National Football League. So that is why I think in 2022, the NFC East is going to be the best division in football. We got to take one more break here before we hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler with Nats on deck. Speaking of the Nats, in this next segment, I'll be joined by Nats insider for NBC Sports Washington, Matt Wyrick, joining me on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Linnell Willingham here on the fan with you for one final segment. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you for one final segment here on The Fan before we pass things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler with Nats on deck. Speaking of the Nats, joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today is NBC Sports Washington Nationals insider and beat writer Matt Wayrick. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Linnell. How you doing, man? Doing well, doing well. Obviously, we got to be quick with you here, but I got some quick hitters in notes for you. Um, Obviously, you know, Juan Soto, a man who a year ago we would be saying, let's give him a blank check, and I think a lot of the people uh, in this market still feel like the team should do so. I'd be a little bit hesitant to do such after the slump he's been in. Why has he been slumping like this, and is it something that you expect to continue long term? Yeah, Soto definitely hasn't looked like himself here really this season at all. Uh, Early on in the year, he was kind of swinging out of the zone a bit more, forcing it a bit. 
And lately, it's kind of been the opposite. He's been taking a lot more pitches, not really being as aggressive in the strike zone, maybe as we've seen him in years past. And he's admitted as such, kind of saying he's searching right now, really just looking for ways to get back locked in. He did have a nice double there against the Rangers last night. Uh, you know, I, for one, think that you probably still hand Soto a blank check. I mean, yeah. he's still so young. You think that his potential, he'll come back to the type of hitter that he was in years past. Even this year, I think that he'll be able to turn things around before the end of the season. So, you know, as far as his future is concerned, I really wouldn't be too worried about it. And, yeah, I, I agree with the sentiments on that. You ask anybody that knows the game, Matt, they'll say he's got one of the best eyes for, for, for pitches in the strike zone uh, in baseball. But, Matt, I want to ask you the question from this angle. Do you worry? Because every time I'm watching and I see him, he always seems like he's bickering with the umpires. Do you think that maybe the umps even have it out for Juan Soto right now? I don't know if the umps necessarily have it out for him, but certainly he doesn't seem to – he kind of seems to be a bit all over the place when it comes to seeing the strike zone, at least by his standards, which right. you know, admittedly are very high. I think that, honestly, the biggest thing is that he is not really accustomed to be in the middle of a rebuild. You know, having to go out there and, and having the team have low expectations and, uh, you know, losing as much as they are, it's really a, a bit of a change of pace for him after he was on a, a team like the Nationals years past where they were going for it every year uh, and in 2019 went the distance. So, you know, I think this is just kind of an adjustment for him, uh, trying to focus on himself and maybe not let the losses get to him as much as they are. Uh, we'll, we'll switch gears. We'll hear a little bit to one of his teammates. Josh Bell has been hitting the crap out of the ball, uh, to say the least. Trade deadline coming up in about a little over a month. I Actually, this is the last time we spoke. I want to see if anything has changed. Obviously, with the way that he's hitting the ball right now, you'd love to have him in your long-term plans, somebody that, that, that definitely has a lot more baseball left to go in his career. Does, this, does the team see it that way, or right now in a season where they're struggling, is he really just only considered as a trade chip? A good one, too, I might add. Yeah, you know, like I've said, I do think that he would make sense as a long-term piece. He's still under 30, you know, a good switch hitter. Uh, somebody who could protect Juan Soto in the lineup for years to come, especially given that Nelson Cruz, uh, who has had that spot for a good chunk of the season, is going to be a free agent after this year as well, uh, and is likely to be traded, deadline I might add. Uh, you know, Bell, though, you know, it seems like the Nationals are pretty content with trading him uh, at the deadline this year, uh, him and everybody else who are on expiring deals. Bell is probably going to fetch the best return out of anybody that they're going to be trading at this deadline. So that might be all the more reason for the Nationals to want to trade him just to help speed up this rebuild, get some more young talent uh, into that farm system. You know, you, you're probably going to be hard-pressed to get a top 100 prospect for a guy like Bell who's on an expiring contract. But certainly, with such few star talent available on this deadline, Bell is going to be one of the hottest commodities available. And I think that he's certainly uh, going to fetch the, fetch the Nationals a nice return. Uh, speaking of the, the Nats and this pitching staff, Jackson Tatro, Maddie, was lights out the last time we saw him uh, against the Phillies. It was a complete stark contrast from what we saw in his first start. What was the difference you saw from him in, in, in these first two starts? And do you think he is somebody that maybe could get the ball every third day for this club? Yeah, Tatro in his first start out came out pumping 97 miles an hour, which is a lot faster than he was used to throwing in the minor leagues. This is kind of something – uh, where it just looked like he was a little too amped up in that first start. He came back and was sitting more like 93, 94, maybe a little 95, and he just had his location on point. I mean, his fastball-cutter combo 
was electric. He was throwing everything for strikes, uh, really just pounding the zone. Wasn't getting a ton of misswing and misses, but that's really not his MO. He's not going to rack up a ton of strikeouts. But if he can keep you know, teams honest with good location, getting some ground balls, some weak contact, I think that you know he actually could be somebody the Nationals uh, could try out in their rotation the rest of the season. Certainly, they have to really dig deep right now in their starting pitching depth. So if Petro is a guy who can emerge and give them solid innings, that would be great. And the Phillies, you know, are a tough lineup, so that was certainly a good test for him. But he's got to keep going. He's got to keep doing it. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds in this next start against the Rangers and beyond. Joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. I'm joined by NBC Sports Washington Nationals insider Matt Wyrick. You can follow him on Twitter at ByMattWyrick. And Matt, to combo off of that Tatro question, I think he could really, if he can turn out to be something, really bail out uh, this organization who has really struggled financially and how they've given the money out uh, between Corbin and, and Strasburg. They've put themselves in a situation to where long-term you don't know what you're going to get out of either of those two guys. I'll focus it in on Strasburg. The last time we heard about him is he was supposed to go see the specialist. What is the latest on him, and do we do we have any type of idea whether or not we'll see him again this year? It does seem like they're taking things slow with him. He has a, a rib injury, and with the rib, they're really the only thing you can do is rest in order to get it better. So I think they're going to wait it out and wait to see until Strasburg is starting to feel a little bit better with that rib and then maybe start getting him thrown again and see if he can make a return this year. So it's certainly still in play, uh, but right now the, the timeline is very murky. Matt, I appreciate you joining me. I told you it'd be a quick hit. We got to get out of here, but always a friend of the show. Appreciate you joining me, my man. No worries, dude. Anytime. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick for the best writing on the local baseball team. Matty Ice, my guy, always joining us before we hand things over to Nats on deck. That's going to do it here for me here in studio. It's been a jam-packed show. want to give a big thank you to all the guests that joined me during the program. Chris Miller from NBC Sports Washington joining me in the first hour talking all things Wizards. Craig Hoffman joined me in that past hour talking all things about the Washington Commanders. And, of course, Matty Ice putting a bow on this show for us. want to thank you guys all as well for tapping in with me. You can also follow me on Twitter, like I said, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Until next time, we're out. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.